Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode 669. Hoping you guys are doing swell this evening. It is a Tuesday night. I don't know what's the date. The February 10th, I think, right? February 10th, I believe. Not sure. Anyway, uh, decent night. A little cool, but comfortable. I am very tired. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to uh, yawn in you guys' ears. Uh, got up really early, man. <clears throat> I chose not to do any writing for the next few days because I'm anxious to get into the office and finish up. So pretty much everything is up in the attic. I think I have one more box, and that's just like the stuff that I'm finding now. And that's like um, just some. I have a computer that I need to put up there, and a couple other things that. I'm, I can't throw out. I did throw out a lot of stuff, and in the back of my truck, I have a bunch of stuff going to Goodwill, like a printer, um, some speakers, a few other things. So <clears throat> those things are all in the in the back of the car. They, they're ready to go to Goodwill. Um, right now, what I did is I have a four-drawer file cabinet that I've had for a pretty long time. I don't even remember if I brought that from New York. I might have. I might have brought that for New York. I don't remember. But anyway, so I basically opened it and I pulled everything out. What I noticed that I had is I had a lot of notebooks. I'm, I'm one hell of a note taker. I mean, I must have 100 notebooks there for real. And, and when you look at the labels of these notebooks, one says La Radio. The other one says Fragrance. The other one says T-shirts. The other one says Bookings. The other one says Marketing. The other one says Facebook, Instagram. Oh, my God. Pretty, uh, sitcoms, uh, structure, shorts, so many things that I'm, I've been into over the years or things that I would work on. And it's so weird. And I know I'm not the only one because I saw a video of someone else who was talking about all the notebooks and they, they didn't even have a fraction of what I have. And I've noticed that I've been like this for many years, like pretty much as, as for as many years as I can remember. I like to, to, to jot down my ideas and sketch and sketch out ideas, but I, I do execute. So I don't want to ever say, because t-shirts, I've done it. La Radio, radio station, done it. Fragrance, I've done it. Um, scripts, I've done them. So I have notebooks with things that I've implemented, I've, that I've put it into action. You know, one of the things that, you know, I hear people say all the time, yeah, you spend too much time planning. You, I know, I'm well aware of that. And but you're not rolling and doing things 24/7. So I do have some downtime, and it's during those downtimes that I like to sit back, take some notes, just kind of think about what I want to do and, and write certain things down. And you know what? Sometimes I go back to these things later on. I'm like, oh shoot, this was kind of this was kind of smart, you know? And um. 
and I kind of remember uh, sometimes their quotes, sometimes their techniques. And what I've learned is, uh, like when I read books, right? So a lot of people read books and they hit a take a highlight and they're highlighting basically the whole book. Um, I don't do that anymore. I tend to, I've, I've kind of learned that I can read a book and I'm never going to remember the entire book, but when things apply, when I'm in the middle of something and it applies to whatever it was that I just learned through reading, that I suddenly, it triggers and I suddenly remember it. So I'm yet to go through something where I'm like, damn, I read about this, but I don't remember, like, I don't remember what to do. And if I did do that, I think it will just take a very, you know, just a little bit of, of thought for me to, to remember, to recall what it was. I would, now, there are things like, let's say, a program, or let's say, um, a pro, uh, let's say a, a software that <clears throat> I kind of forgot. Or maybe, you know, you got things like Facebook and I run ads and stuff like that. And they change a lot. So they change their layout. They change the way they do stuff, the process, the format. They change um, sometimes the, the, the terms that they use for certain things, you know. And it gets confusing. So if you don't follow it tight, like all the time, like you're a constant student and a constant student of the changes, it's very easy to get lost. And then you have to go and basically do your homework all over again. I've done that several times, especially when it came to, you know, Facebook advertising and stuff like that, where I've learned the entire process, I've run ads, I've did well. Then also I kind of leave it alone, I'm not studying anymore, and I kind of lay off of it a bit, and I go back, and next thing you know, I have to sit down and basically go through, the, it's almost like learning it all over again because so much has changed. And sometimes it's just the rules that change. And with Facebook, it's funny, especially with advertising, you, you do things wrong and next thing you know, uh, your account is, is blocked or you're restricted or deleted at that, you know? So, but um, a lot of notes and my notes would never be packed away and put away. I would always, um, I would always have uh, a spot where I can access my notebooks. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, so anyway, so I'm hoping by tomorrow uh, I'll have everything else put away and I just have to deal with the notebook. So this is what I'm hoping because there are some notebooks that are overlapping. So I might have, like I mentioned, something on Facebook ads. I may have two or three notebooks just on that because I misplaced the other one or I forgot that I had one and I created another one. You know, these I use those uh, composition notebooks, different colors, and um, so I have a ton of those. <laughs> so, anyway, and this goes so far back, in fact, right? <clears throat> one of the earliest notebooks that I still have is around 19, it's gotta be around 1984, right? When I got into boxing. I was obsessed with boxing. The problem was I didn't have anyone to guide me in. It's so crazy because I think about it now. It's like I've, I've been behind my son and my daughter and my granddaughter now is doing skating and I've always encouraged them and I'm a big fan of passion and I'm a big, 
cheerleader of passion. I tell these kids, you gotta find your passion early. This is why I tell them, find your passion. So I don't, I don't push on them anything in particular. I push on them to have a passion. I don't care what it is. You wanna bake cook, you wanna bake cupcakes, you wanna, you wanna plant flowers, you wanna whatever, you wanna draw, you wanna be a a bike mechanic, I don't care. Find your passion early in life. I never had anyone to give me that kind of a that kind of advice. It's such an important piece of advice, and you won't realize that until you're my age. And you'll be like, oh, hold up. I get it. I get it. When I wanted to the bo- to box man, I was willing to do whatever it takes to work as hard as I could. And I did, I did it on my own. I was self-motivated. I created my own, uh, you know, I I initiated the entire process. I found the gym, I read everything. I learned as much as I can. I remember going to the gym and lying and telling the coach that I used to box. And he told me to get into a stance and I got into the totally wrong stance. And he looked at me and he gave, he did the most simplest thing as to change my stance, okay? Because I am not a southpaw, but I was standing like a southpaw. And I remember him asking me, what hand do you write with? And I raised my right hand, which took me a second to figure out. <laughs> and then he repositioned my entire body correctly. I was like, oh. And I was a little embarrassed, but I was like, whatever. <laughs> and, um, but whatever he asked me to do, I did, you know, but of course I didn't. Once I left the gym, that was it. Once I left the gym, that was it. I didn't have anyone in my corner. I mean, mom was there, but she didn't know anything about any of this. She never liked sports. She never liked any of that. So I couldn't really expect her to, to to help me out in any way. The way she supported me was, whatever I needed, what you need. You need to buy this, you need to buy that, okay, I'll get it for you. And I don't really remember even asking him, asking her for much. I think she bought me my hand wraps. I think she bought me my, um, my mouthpiece. But she only bought me what I asked for. And a lot of stuff I didn't know what to ask for because I didn't know really what I needed. And a lot of the stuff was already at the gym. So I never thought that I needed any of these actually. I didn't buy bad gloves. My son had bad gloves. My son had all of that stuff. Um, because I wanted him to, I wanted him to be good at what he did. And he was, he was. But you know, going back to the notebook thing, right? So I'm, I'm going through and I find a notebook and it's boxing. And inside are drawings of a guy who, it shows a boxer, there's another guy who's smoking a cigarette and drinking and he looks high. And I'm, I'm writing about how this guy will never be a good fighter. You know, his name is Rocky. Rocky will, can never be a good fighter. I mean, I, got, I wish I could read this, I don't have it in front of me. Um, it has a picture of Rocky, the boxer, in there. But then Rocky, I named every boxer Rocky. So, and um, uh, 
And it was just so crazy because I was so gun ho in not polluting my body and working out. I didn't want to smoke. I didn't want to drink. I mean, I, I messed around with cigarettes when I was young. And then um, I started, like, when I moved to Florida, I started smoking cigarettes and stuff. But when I started boxing, I stopped all of that. I wasn't, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't, I wasn't doing any of that. I was, I was, how I ever got into all the craziness I got into, I have no idea. But like I said, what was happening was, was I was in the gym and I was doing everything the coaches would say. And I was a perfect model. I was a model student. And, and I, I, had a, I had a future. I really did. I was young, but I had a future. And man, me and Mike Tyson are the same age. And it seems like him and I were pretty much boxing, started boxing more or less around the same time. But see, he had this guy, he had this trainer who took him out of the gym, who, who he moved in with. So his training wasn't just in the gym. His training was at home. His training was outside in the street. Like, there was somebody who saw something in him and dedicated their life to training him and making him a champ. I never had that. I never had anybody to help me in anything, to make me a champ on anything. Everything I had to figure out, but then I try to share that same thing with my kids. I try to be their trainer. I try to be that motivator. I try, try to do it now with my granddaughter. Um, but it's hard when they're not, they're not displaying any kind of, kind of passion. I can understand kids. A lot of times, kids will find it later. Right now, they want to be kids. They want to. But I wasn't that kid. I really wasn't. Like everything that I'm desiring now, I desired when I was so young. And I would have done anything that anybody would have asked me. I never had that opportunity. I didn't know anybody in the music business. The only person that, that, that I met that was in the music business that was when I was young was little Susie's father, Tony Casal. But remember, he, was, he had his daughter. He had his daughter. So, you know, she was a priority. Not that he wouldn't look out, and he did. I screwed up at that point. Because by that time, <clears throat> I was already kind of messing up. I was already dabbling. I was already getting high. Like, things were not. And I was young. I still had so much opportunity, and I had no idea. I had no clue of how much of this opportunity that I had, you know. But, um, you know, going back until I'm looking at these, you know, at these these notebooks. And if anything, what I want them to tell people when I'm no longer around is like, this dude had freaking mad dreams. This dude, he was so passionate in so many different angles. And sometimes I think my downfall <clears throat> is pinpointing where that passion is. I love entrepreneurial. I love doing what I do. Um, I love being self-employed. I have been 30-something years. Um, I love creating stuff. I love entertaining people. I love writing. There's so many different things that I, I have. It's, it's crazy, you know? And, and I think that, that I really honestly think that that was my downfall. So if I could give anybody advice right now, all right, so this would be my advice. I don't know. There was 
it seems like just the other day I would, I would be against it. But you can't stop people from kind of geeking out on a lot of things, which is what I do. Okay, I'm into when I was writing just scripts, I geeked out. Writing books, I geeked out. When I was boxing, I geeked out. Um, whatever it is what I was doing, my videos, I geeked out. Whenever I got into any real estate, I geeked out. Like anything I got into, I geeked out on it. Like I went all out. What, one of the advice I could tell people is this. This is how it should be done. Find the ultimate at one thing that you're really passionate about. And double down on that. Put everything you have into that. Like that's your life. That's all you want. That's what you're going to do. Now, I did do that with music. Now, remember, I'm, I'm mentioning all these other things. But understand, I'm in the music business. And that was a huge passion for me for many, many years. So, <clears throat> and I did. I doubled down on that. And this is why I'm in the business now. And then when I, when I started working with little Susie, I knew I'd, I wanted to hold on to that position. I knew that I, didn't, I wanted to... I wanted to stay where I was doing. I loved what I was doing. And I loved who I was working with. And I doubled down on that. And I focused. And I've never, even with, with Susie, I've never taken a day off. To this day, I still work with her. She has to go on a show tomorrow, I'm there. We're there. Do whatever she needs to do. You know, this is my job. This is what I do. I get paid for this, you know? Um, and then from here, I, I expand. I do other things. But now... She's getting older, everybody's getting older. And sometimes it's hard to rely. Right now, all of our income comes from performances. That's where all our money comes from. There's no money coming in from record sales or anything else. Um, maybe little sound exchange checks, that's it. Nothing, nothing major. Um, and um, This is all pretty much, this is it. This is how we make our money, you know? So now it's at this point where there has to be other angles. And I know I have to, I have to move quickly. I have to move quickly because no, there's no telling which way it's going to go. I don't manage other acts, nor do I want to. I do not want to. I will stay with my wife as a solo artist or with the cover girls or little Susie. That's pretty much the extent. There's a couple others like Freestyle, the group Freestyle, the ones who sing Don't Stop the Set. Those are my boys, so I will always help them. And I will always support them and represent them if I can, you know? Um, <clears throat> but none of these other acts am I interested in going that deep with them. Not that I don't admire them, not that I'm not a fan. It's just I'm pretty much done with that part of the business. I have too much artists in me to play behind the curtains anymore. I can't, I can't. I need to express my own artistic desires and my own, my own art. I need to, I need to express my, my own self. And I've been there no matter how, whatever it is, whether it's in my books or anything else, that's how I'm doing that. But if, you could, if you're young enough, or even old enough, and you have that one true passion, something that you will, and how do we define passion? You're gonna, you'll do it. You'll work 20 hours a day, 
for free. If all your bills were taken care of and you can eat, what's the one thing that you would do for free? Think about that. What would you do? Figure that out. I think mine would be writing. I honestly think it might be writing. Well, I guess creating. I love storytelling. I love storytelling, whether, whether it's, you know, with my books or maybe with film. But I love storytelling. So, anyway. Um, all right, guys. Listen, I'm going to shut down. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you very much for, for listening and for chilling with me and all these episodes. And um, I hope there's something in there that I said that might have, you know, maybe you were, you were dealing with. I am 55 years old. I have a lot of experience. I'm doing this for a long time. I am self-employed for many years. I own homes. I own cars. I, I've done things on my own is what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to brag about what I have. What I'm saying is I've done, I work on my own and I have things that people normally have. I take vacations, clothing, we have entertainment. It, so my advice at this point would be Find that one thing and double down on it. All right, guys, be cool. And until tomorrow, good night, freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.